Hello and welcome to the Alphabet Soup podcast. The objective of this podcast is to provide a space for queer youth to feel welcome and inform our communities about local issues and topics. We want to uplift the voices of queer youth to authentically discuss, process, and heal from our personal experiences, social injustices, and more. So I guess without further ado, we'll start. <laughs> my, my name is Jay. My pronouns are they, them. And we just say our favorite foods. Uh, my favorite food is tiramisu. Tiramisu? Gosh, you're prestigious. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Elle. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I, I guess a favorite food would be, uh, I don't know, tteokbokki. What is that? Mm, it's a Korean dish. Really good. Really good. Amazing. Ooh, what's in it? My dude. Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm going to have to send it to you later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to find out then. Yes. Nice. Yes, yes. I guess with that being said, let's start with uh, the beginning. Okay. So I guess uh, I'd like to acknowledge all of us here today, you know, with our different backgrounds and identities. I identify as queer, Hmong, Asian, woman, and a lot more. And in a lot of spaces, many marginalized peoples have experienced unacceptance, ostracization, and rejection because of who they are. And I believe in general, we as people have experienced some sort of unwelcoming and it's important to address that and in this space it's significant for us to reclaim and feel proud of who we are creating spaces that actively and explicitly acknowledge its diverse participants like this i hope will become a norm and for you to also use in the spaces that you are a part of we welcome all black indigenous latinx asian white people we welcome women men, non-binary folks, non-conforming folks, people of all gender identities. We welcome immigrants. We welcome all generations, all abilities, queer, trans folks. We welcome all religions. And we welcome you to the space. And so sit back and relax. Listen and reflect on your own personal experiences and opinions. And we are glad to have you join us. And while we aren't together in person, we are all joining with one another from the region in Minnesota, or maybe somewhere in the United States, or somewhere in the world. Who knows, really? Anyway, pertaining to the region in Minnesota, it's important to recognize that these are the original homelands of the Dakota, whose cultural history begins at the confluence of the Minnesota and Mississippi rivers, a sacred place they call the Dote. We also recognize, recognize the Anishinaabe, or Ojibwe people, whose homelands extend northward. With the United States as a whole, we honor and recognize that as immigrants ourselves or people whose families migrated to this country, we inherit a legacy of stolen indigenous land, and that part of our work towards justice is recognizing this relationship and taking responsibility for doing these legacies. And that being said, we really want to, like, include everyone. So we're going to have an email open for advice or just any questions you have or anything you want to add to the podcast. And hopefully we'll be able to mention that in the next podcast or a podcast after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> how has your day been? Uh, my day, okay, it's been underwhelming. Today I'm not doing much. I'm just here doing this recording today. So it's all good. It's all good vibes and 
good vibes. How are you? Good. I probably can't tell you how much chocolate I've had today, but <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. That's very nice. <laughs> I really do love candy a lot. <laughs> As you should, honestly. Like mm, chocolate. I guess it'd be weird if you didn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the mood. That's the mood. I guess. Yeah. I mean, since this is the first episode, I think we should probably talk about you know our own personal experiences. With, with queerness. So, would you like to share a bit about yourself and your own journey? I don't know how to start. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> There's just so much. Yeah. I guess when I was, like, in uh, fifth grade, when I was, like, ten years old, that's when I, like, started, like, mm. started feeling and, like, I don't feel like a girl. Mm, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of when I started feeling like that. And... And then, like, when I was in middle school, I learned more about, like, what being trans was. And then I learned more about what non-binary was. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, like, I felt like, oh, that that seems like me. Mm. And then, like, a lot of friends around me, like, also were, like, seeing that in themselves as well. And a lot of them, like, came out and everything. <laughs> I find it, like, some of them, the way, like, they came out and everything, it seems, like, so easy because their parents, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I I did come out to my parents, and they're, they're really accepting and everything. It's just, like, kind of difficult to explain it to them because, you know, they don't really know a ton about what it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like being a teacher to your own parents in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree, too, like... I mean, personally, I I knew I liked girls when I was, like, in kindergarten. Like, it was really easy, and uh, I never really struggled with accepting myself. And low-key, I honestly thought it was, like, the same case for every single person. Like, oh, yeah, this is normal. This is what everyone feels like. And then I realized at some point, wait a minute, it's not everyone, huh? (laughs) And I was like, okay, then, I guess you're missing out. But... (laughs) Yeah, I would say, yeah, I think educating our own parents about queerness is definitely something I never thought I'd be having to do. And it's interesting uh, with trying to deal with race and sexuality at the same time. Yet, you know, I think they're both very important to my own identities. And so it's something that's worth um, taking the time for, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, like me being biracial, sometimes it's like difficult because I feel like I have to choose sometimes. And then it also feels like the same with like gender and sexuality, like I have to choose. Mm -hmm. And so it gets really difficult sometimes to just balance all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, uh, it's hard. It's yeah, it's definitely hard, I would say. And I but I am hopeful that, you know, it's not that together it can intertwine rather than kind of butt heads I suppose and so you know I am hopeful for um, myself and my community to be more accepting and being able to really truly understand how they both together intersect and work together and interact yeah definitely yeah there is this one article that talks about like how like for different minorities and everything especially like pertaining to like Hispanic people in this article uh it's from the Archer magazine it's about the culture of coming out and how it's kind of whitewashed and everything Mm -hmm. and I think 
my favorite quote from that is, we come out in silence. It just like kind of represents the whole article and what it's about, and it just represents what everyone feels sometimes. Well, not everyone, but <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of people feel, and it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really like that quote too. Like, we come out in silence, and this was, this was really powerful for me. You know, as an Asian American, um, we're subjugated to like the the narrative that we are silent, uh, apolitical, and complacent. And between, like, the intersection of of race and sexuality, coming out in silence emphasizes that silence is as powerful as verbally coming out. And so it's it's an interesting idea, and I really like that because it challenges the, the status quo, and it challenges what the norm should be. And it was just powerful overall, really. Yeah. I think it also showcases how there are so many differences in the LGBTQ plus community and how not everyone's the same and different people have different situations where different things will be better for them. Like some people will benefit from not coming out depending on their climate they're in mm-hmm. and then other people will benefit. So it's kind of just where you are right now and how it's like and just everything around you basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, the the article like talked about how uh really let's see i'm trying to recall (laughs) (laughs) like like how terms like gay trans and non-binary um aren't really universal and that there's different meanings or sometimes the lack of meanings and language and words and cultural different cultural contexts and i would say in in Hmong culture um i don't believe that we have uh, any words to really define gay, uh, non-binary, uh, trans, or really anything to describe queerness. And it's not that queerness was, was never there, but the absence of conversations around it was due to, uh, I guess, traditional values and patriarchy and, and a lack of time due to a war, genocide, and having to survive rather than live. And now, currently, um, with the Hmong community, uh, a huge population in Minnesota, uh, I think there are more opportunities to now have these conversations that explicitly or covertly discuss queerness and I and what that looks like. And so I think overall, I am hopeful, hopeful that the, the Hmong community is more open to queerness, but also for the queer community to also be more open to people of color and our experiences. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree with that a lot. Um, for my for my lens, uh, it's just difficult to know like who is open to that conversation for me, because I don't know like when's the right time, who's the right person, or anything like what where I should say it or how I should say it, or even if I should say anything at all like that has anything to do with it, like testing the waters like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, like, just, like, bringing up subtle things to try and, like, ease them into the idea of it mm-hmm. to then see if they'll be more accepting of you being, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for real. I understand that, yeah, like, <laughs> like, being like, <laughs> yeah, so my gay friend say, said this the other day, um, and just to kind <laughs> of see their reaction, yeah, definitely, I I resonate with that, yes. Uh, There was another... Uh, there's another quote in it that talked about how 
you don't need to come out to be authentic. And instead of questioning the legitimacy of those who choose to remain in the closet, we should question the reasons why the closet is there in the first place. And I think that means a lot, especially with all the stuff going around now about like trying to limit trans women and girls like access to school sports and just mm-hmm. uh, spaces where they're welcome, like bathrooms. And then there's just like a bunch of stuff trying to limit um, hormones, like to be able to transition or to even see is like like hormone blockers to see if you're like actually like ready to go on, like for kids. And I'm I'm. I'm certain, like, the things that I saw, that there aren't, like, any health, like, um, like, any bad health effects from, like, hormone blockers. Mm -hmm. But then there are just so much people who are pushing the narrative that they're going to hurt our children or, like, make all the children gay or all the children trans. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. That's wild. I don't know. Like, when people just think of the wildest thoughts and just try to to really be ignorant and a bigot is uh it hurts you know it hurts to see them try to demonize the queer community and really do anything just just make us seem inferior make themselves feel better it's uh it sucks my dude There's actually a bill uh, in Minnesota that's pending right now targeting trans women and girls with a petty misdemeanor, which is equivalent to possessing a small amount of marijuana. And it's if like it's targeting trans women and girls if they play sports like that resonate with their gender identity. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, the United States. Yeah, we have like seen such a rapid coverage of acute. It's like an, it's an accumulating amount of anti-transgender bills across the nation and nearly 30 states have introduced bills to yes prevent trans youth from playing sports from banning them to use the restroom or to make it a felony for doctors to provide life-saving care to trans youth including minnesota and yes that is hf 1657 and i don't know the, the current bill, um, it's in the Minnesota legislature, and its description is uh, male students' participation in female athletics restricted, male access to female changing facilities restricted, and criminal penalties provided. First of all, what the hell? What the yeah. hell? What? Oh, gosh. It's just like completely uh, disregarding trans youth, and it's just not okay and it's hurting the trans community and it's making it much harder for you know people to be themselves Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and like even even in the in the description to to name trans girls as males is so transphobic and dehumanizing they're just completely utterly like denying these people they're denying trans girls to reclaim their ability to call themselves trans girls yeah it's hmm not the vibe yo not the vibe (laughs) yeah definitely not the vibe (laughs) yeah (laughs) (sighs) but i don't know it's there there currently there are a lot of uh things that we can do personally there's um i believe there are resources at the uh aclu and they have email templates uh to um, send to our uh, representatives and senators to let them know that we don't support these trans, these anti-trans bills, and 
um, yeah, I think just a good Google search will allow people to really get more exposure of what they can do to prevent ignorance from increasing and these these hate these hateful policies to be implemented. Yeah. Yeah. We will put the um, mentioned articles and everything in the description or wherever or wherever, or wherever we can put them so that we can so yeah, you guys can look th- through those articles and read them for yourselves and come to your own opinion and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So I guess with that being said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with that being said, we do have social media where you can reach out to us about any questions you have or anything like that and just keep up with our posts and when we re- we send out our new podcast. So our Instagram is Alphabet Soup Youth Podcast. And our email is LGBTQIASoup at gmail.com. All of that will be in the description so that you guys can reach out to us and hopefully ask questions. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. Yeah. I mean, listening. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where you are watching or listening to this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I think as we close this off, um, there's uh, the quote that I really wanted to mention, uh, which Jay mentioned earlier, uh, but let's just reemphasize it. So I don't need to come out to be authentic. Instead of questioning the legitimacy of those who choose to remain in the closet, we should question the reasons why the closet is there in the first place. Only then can we move towards queer politics that don't rely on visibility, that don't rely on whiteness. Only then can queerness make space for our culture. And that is a great place to end it. Thank you again. Thank you, everyone. See y'all then. See ya.